You're listening to The World According to George. This uninspired, puffy Midwestern man is looking for something more as he moves through life in his 30s. Welcome to The World According to George. I'm your host, George Thomas, and this episode of WAG is being broadcast from West Loop in downtown Chicago. And today's guest uh, is my mother, Abby Thomas. Yes, very happy to be here. I'm very happy, Georgie. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome, Mom. Okay, we're recording early today because as uh, I know you go to bed around 4.15. I don't know, maybe 5. Yeah, 5.15 you know, p.m. I like to tuck it in early. You know, relax, put my feet up, you know. Drink. Yeah, um, well, you know, a little whiskey's not too bad for me. <laughs> well, um, unsurprisingly, you, you might be one of WAG's biggest fans, if not the biggest fan. You're very consistently texting me and, you know, giving me feedback. Uh, so we, you know, we appreciate it. I'm not sure you've said anything negative since I started doing this. Is that just because it's fun to listen to your kid do something creative or you just want to see your kid into something? Well, I'm very uh, happy about you doing this. We talked about it for quite some years. And uh, myself and along with the rest of your family believe in you in this way. We always thought that you're very funny. We also think that you'd have a great uh, reality show. So we're all very happy. And I like to listen to it because I learn more about you on every episode. And I really like a lot of your guests. So. Uh, it's very exciting for me, and I always enjoy it. And I, of course, don't want to be critical, you know? I want you to keep on doing this. I'd like an episode every week. I'd probably like an episode every day. So that's why I listen. And the main reason is I love you very much. You're my son. Thank you very much, Mom. I love you, too. Um, now, I know you love all your kids uh, oh, equally. But I think, okay, we gotta have we gotta have you talk right on the top of the mic, not the side. Um, so I'm gonna move it a little I'm bit. Talk on the top one. It's the top's right by there. you. Yeah, that, that's what we need to do. But okay, but I I think you enjoy you know the equally question with with the love. But I think you enjoy spending time with me the most, <laughs> like a kind of like a friend. But I still don't think you're my friend. But can you uh, confirm that? And I. I would think it'd be me or Sam, but I still think I edge Sam out because I have a bigger f personality and more exciting life, so. Well, let me see. Um, George, you know, uh, yes, we do have a very, we have a very good rapport, very good rapport we always have. And, you know, you being the oldest in the family and also the old, uh, a male, and also you've taken the role as oldest sibling very seriously. You're a wonderful leader. I did rely on you uh, for several years while you were in high school. Uh, There's some family turmoil, and uh, Georgie every night, you know, would secure the perimeter. He would make sure all the kids were home and in bed, and uh, I did rely on that. And maybe, I don't know, maybe to your detriment, maybe not. But you truly are a great leader. You definitely enjoy being the oldest. You definitely take that position very seriously. And uh, we do have good rapport. We do have a very good conversation. And, uh, but it doesn't mean I love you the most. <laughs> well, Sorry. The question. the question was, do you like spending time with me the most? It doesn't mean you love me the most. I think you love everyone equally. You like hanging out with me the most. Now, Georgie, I, I cannot confirm that. I'm sorry. I think that's a yes. Okay, we'll move on. What's harder, in your opinion, raising five kids under the age of 18 or raising five kids over the age of 18? 
definitely uh, over the age 18, for sure. Uh, under the age 18, you do whatever I said. You know, you're always all, all of you are always all around. That was easier. But these adult, uh, over 18, 20, early 30s, hard years, for sure. Uh, because you guys all have your problems are adults. You all are adults. Uh, none of you listen to a word I say, and uh, but that's okay. And one thing for sure, you know, the one person you go to when you're in turmoil or when you're upset is always your mother. And uh, I accept that responsibility wholeheartedly. And I do have a lot of very sleepless nights. So, however, the position of motherhood has been the best thing in my life. It gives me something to... Uh, be serious about. I get to be a leader. I get to be a mentor. I get to be loved unconditionally, and uh, I would never give that up, ever. From what you experienced as a child from your parents, what is one thing that you did the complete opposite of them as a parent? Because I know this also would apply, like if dad were on here, I know he did, I could just tell he did certain things completely opposite of his parents. Uh, what I did completely opposite of my parents was uh, actually take care of my children. That's what I did. Okay. Yeah, so pretty. Uh, you got you had a challenging upbringing, is what you're saying. Yeah, I would say very challenging. Um, when it made me a much better mother, though, for sure. Because you saw the, you saw the failure, or you saw the de different deficiencies with that with your parents. Yeah, it made me a very committed. Uh, I knew for one thing, I would never ever leave my children. Period. Period. When you were young, did you set out to have so many children? Is this something you dreamt of? Never. It was never discussed. Marriage was never discussed. Having children was never discussed. And so, no, it was not ever in my uh, scope of my imagination for sure. So why do you have five kids then? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. Well, you know, I'm pretty fertile. Yeah, wow. Um, TMI. And, you know, probably also your dad was. Yikes. Okay. You and dad divorced. Oh, this is very interesting. You know, your dad... You know, okay, you know, your dad, Sorry, Georgie. We were on a temporary mic today, guys. Well, you know, your dad, your father did have a vasectomy. Oh. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, and the doctor did say, oh, the spermatozoa were a little, you know, broken up and kind of old. Well, then I had to have another baby. Wait, wait, wait. This man's what are broken up and old? His sperm. However, I had to have another baby. So he got reconnected, and I got pregnant twice. Huh. <coughs> Lord. So I had that other baby, the boy baby, Sam. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. oh my God. You really need your own mic. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So he, you had four kids. He had a vasectomy. Then you turned 40, or was it 39? 40. From the minute that vasectomy happened, I knew it was not a good thing because I had to have another baby. Well, whose idea was the vasectomy? Well, it was probably mine. And then he hated the vasectomy. He hated it. He said, Abby, it makes me sweat. I never sweat, Abby. I never sweat before. Yeah, he hated it. Okay, so then he gets the vasectomy. Then you turn 40 and you want yet another kid. You want a son, another son, I guess. Then he has it reversed and you have Sam. And of course, Sam's a doll. Right. Well, probably I was more like 38. But yes, that's the story. He had a reconnection. He's never had it reversed or put back. No, he could impregnate a woman for sure. Okay, all right. 
Then uh, the vasectomy, even though I have other topics on here, that was uh, not one of uh, the ones in my script. Okay, you and dad divorced 12 years ago in 2011. You separated probably three years before that. 2008. When did you realize uh, that you're still in love with him? Well, probably, honestly, I never fell out of love with the man. Uh, that was more of a joke, right? <laughs> Probably that's you know I, I was for for sure. I am that person that fell in love once, and uh, yeah. However, I don't want to be married to him. We're much better not married. All right. Um, okay, you have five kids uh, between the ages of twenty-two and thirty-three. Not one of your kids is engaged. Yeah. Not one of your kids is married. Not one of your kids has any kids oh. of their own. Why do you think this is? Where did you go horribly wrong? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Obviously, I was a terrible role model. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody, none of you. I don't even have, none of you are even divorced. Plus, none well, of you have even, right, but none of you even have impregnated anybody as far as I know. My God, or become impregnated. Lord, I'm going to be an old grandma. However, I am going to be the most fun grandma ever. If you even become a grandma, you may not even... Yeah, I think you would. I mean, it was one of those bone, bonehead sisters of mine. Um, all right, you've had a certain amount of wealth for a long time. You know, say my wealth is increasing exponentially here. Okay. Wow. Um, the humbled much. In your opinion, does money buy happiness? And if it doesn't buy happiness, what does it buy? Money gives some short-term pleasure, but uh, overall, the long term, you can be just as depressed and miserable with a million bucks in your uh, bank account. Uh, as you would be with $10 in your bank account. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's nice. You can buy whatever you want, but at a certain point, eh, you get bored of buying whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Does it just add more stress? Um, wealth is a big responsibility. Uh, people, the general perception is that, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. You got all that money. Well, no, no, baby. You got to manage all that money. So, and that's a responsibility, a big responsibility. And, you know, the thing, you know, the thing is it keeps building. So then you're like, well, it keeps building or I sell and I make some money. But now what do I do with that money? It's always something to be managed. You got to manage it all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And a lot. Of, yes. All the time. Yeah. And I, a good example, I guess, of what you just said was I really didn't have any money or any anything reasonably, you know, you could call where you don't have to worry as much about it until, you know, a little over a year ago. And I was going, I was sinking deeper and deeper into major depressive disorder. And I, even after I bought that car as my reward gift, I felt nothing. Right. Well, you know, you at a very young age came into some of your own wealth, for sure. Started a company, it sold after six years. And what happens is you don't really have to go to work every day, and that does lead to inactivity, at least depression. And it also you're wondering, well, what is my purpose? Now I did this one big thing, now what? Now what? And what do I fill my time with if I don't go to work 8 to 5? Or Georgia U, 33 years old. Well, you're in a different situation than some of your friends. You know, you, you hit the number. And you made your wealth, but now you're kind of, your contemporaries haven't. Maybe they have another 20 years to get there. Maybe 10 years, maybe 5, maybe 50. So it doesn't buy happiness, and it can be very, very lonely. And um, get a lot of judgment. It's kind of reverse, sometimes some reverse discrimination. So I could go deep into that, but that's about as much as I'm going to say.
Okay. Yeah, and I, I want to make a couple points here. I think I was already on the depression road well before, you know, the company sold and, you know, the company was, it was a great result, but I've got a long way to go. And I think some of my friends, because so many of them ha- have great jobs, they're really smart, they have dual incomes, they might have hit it just like me. They just have kids to feed, and I don't have any kids to feed. And kids are incredibly expensive, as you know. Yes. And also, Georgie, you're a very social person. And you like to run things and manage things, and you like to be around a lot of people, and very, very active. You've always been that way. Well, now what's your project? I think that's what led to so much depression. What is my project next? What am I doing next? Where are my friends? Well, they're at work. Where am I? I'm at home. So, of course, that can lead to depression. And I will say I am working full-time now. Things have picked up in the last six months uh, quite a bit. So I've got other things that that we're looking at investing in. Okay, would you consider yourself off the market right now or on the market in terms of your personal dating life? I'm a disaster at dating, so I'm never really on the market. I don't really go anywhere. (laughs) But could you say you're off the market because you're seeing someone? No, I am not off the market. You're not off the market. So that means you're on the market. As much as I ever get on the market, yes. I think there's two problems with you being single and not dating. I think you're emotionally closed off. (laughs) And I think you've lived alone so long that you are unwilling to compromise in any way. And let me tell you something about relationships. They're all about compromise. You have to compromise. Sometimes you have to work a little at something. And that's what makes a successful relationship. The longer you remain single, the more stubborn you get. And I don't want to have you living in my home in the next dozen years. So get it together. Hey, now. (laughs) Well, you're not... Wrong, for sure. But you have to understand, when uh, your dad moved out in 2008, I had five school-age kids at home, and there was no way I could be out running around because I had to end up with a DUI. But drunk in public, not good, so I stayed home for 10 years, get you guys out of the house. And now, i just rather sometimes stay home than go anywhere, you know. Okay, that was a lot of information there. What, what, why? You, were, you had a drinking problem? No. No, but I had to be home. I had five, shoot, I had four. Raise your kids. Yeah, yeah, four teenagers. You were 17 or 16, and then Pete was 16, then Madeline Beatrice, 15, 14, or maybe 15, 13, or maybe 14, 13, and Sammy, seven. I couldn't go out. There's no way you can go out with that many kids in the house, for sure. Will you ever marry again? Uh, I have no idea. Do you want to get married again? Well, it would probably be a good idea for me because I think I'm going to be a handful when I get older. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You're in the Mercedes Club with me right now. Yes. A car I picked, but you need another car. We're uh, realizing. You have to say my true love was a Porsche, though. Right, my true love. You're getting ahead. What, what? My second question out of this was what's been your all-time favorite car? That um, Cayenne. Porsche Cayenne GTS. Porsche Cayenne, yeah, GTS. That was the world's, oh, my God, I love that car. And it had red piping. Oh, my gosh. Red piping on the leather seats. Oh, yeah. oh and red seat belts. Oh. Alcantara leather, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What will your next car be? Probably an, I would go for another Porsche. Well, there could be three for you if you got, that'd be number three. Yeah. Um, you like your current car? You don't like 
Never like BMWs. Never. Yeah. yeah. I've never owned a BMW either. Yeah, uh, back in the day, I loved that Escalade when I had one. Uh, well, all you kids are. I loved that car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you like your car now? Yeah, I could use a little more comfort and be a little higher up because I'm doing a lot of driving. However, I thought the other day, and I didn't tell you this, maybe I should trade that in for another. For what? I don't know. I think, so that was a faster version. Very fast. But really, um, you should have, I think you should have been, you're in a GLC coupe. What you're talking about, which is exactly what I thought, higher and bigger would be a GL. E coupe, the the coupe version of my car, mm-hmm. that's what you could trade your car in for. But it's not going to be a '63 AMG. It's going to be a '53 AMG. So it's not going to be as fast, but it's still going to be right. fast. You know, and we got in trouble with the fast car, you know, last year. You know, Peter wrecked that. You know, oh, what is it? R.I.P. Rest in peace, Rover. Peter, uh, at 30 years old or 31, yeah, uh, totaled a uh, Range Rover SVR in Naples. Went right into a tree. And yeah, and probably it was because the car is so fast. Yeah, but 30-year-olds shouldn't be wrecking cars. Yeah, That's but, an 18-year-old move. But, but he's an, a slow driver. That's why I think he had no idea the power of that car. Oh, oh, I hope Dad doesn't listen to this. Maybe we should delete that. He's aware of that, I think, by now. It's so funny. Sam named it the R.I.P. Rover. Hilarious. This shit's hilarious. Yeah. I, I Anyone on a road that's 30 miles an hour with an elbow curve should know you sh- probably shouldn't go 90, but okay. I, you know, but George, to get to that... Yeah, but to get that fast on that short strip, I mean, he, he was going really fast in this short strip. That car was too fast. I mean, I wouldn't even let Sammy drive it. I wouldn't even let Sammy drive my car. But you picked it. You picked the Range Rover SVR. For myself. All right. Well, now, because of that, I have to spend my own money and rent a car every time I go to Florida. Thanks a lot. Um, What's going on with your home in Indiana? I know you've got a lot of projects going on. Uh, What is an update for the house you live in alone? It's a constant worry. Constant. It's way too big. I need to downsize. But where do you downsize? We're in Elkhart County again? Oh, my God. Just shoot me. And, you know, it's a big house. I'm getting It's very beautiful. Nice new driveway. Woo. New windows. New roof. New exterior. I don't know. It's a constant quandary. And I keep waiting for my kids to come home. But they never come home. Lord. I do come home. I do come home visit you. Not to stay at my house. Well, sometimes I... Stay with dad because I like that Granger area. It's more, it's not a desert, sadly. I, I got my routine. I go to four different places within a mile radius. Anyway, um, I've stayed with you over the years a lot, but. Constant issue. It's a constant issue. For issue, me. okay. I lose sleep over it. Seriously, I lose sleep over it. You lose, lose sleep over what? The house in Bristol, the big house in Bristol. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. You just asked me to accompany you to Beverly Hills in November. <laughs> Uh, to help you with medical rehab, although from what I can tell, what I know about medicine, I did work for a healthcare company. It's all elective. What exactly are you having done in Beverly Hills this November? Well, that's you don't have to answer, but it's my question. Some of it, I'm not. I'm confused about what it is. However, you not be confused. I'm, I'm hugely uh, discouraged by the uh, lack of the sudden lack of la- elasticity in my skin. Seriously, it's drooping around my skeleton, and I don't feel, 
I feel younger inside than the exterior is appearing. Very upsetting for me. However, I've had breast implants for 21 years. They're going to be replaced. Uh, and I'm going to have several things uh, done. I'm, I have several moles that I hate that are very unsightly under my arms and on my back. Those are all going to come off. I'll have like uh, something on my face, like a peel, a little bit of Botox in between my eyebrows. They're going to put sugar threads in my chest and the deep lines in my chest. And then I'm going to have some sort of something done on my upper arms for the skin and my upper legs the same. This is all elective. Uh, the only, all the stuff other than the breast implants are non-surgical. And um, I don't know. I'm going out there to freshen up my skin and hopefully feel better about my physical being because I always felt like very comfortable in my skin, always felt very attractive, no issues. But this lack of elasticity and all these uh, skin tags and moles uh, make me feel embarrassed to wear shorts or I feel embarrassed to wear a short sleeve shirt. And uh, it's very upsetting for me. I would like to wear a bikini again and a short pair of shorts. Not a short pair of shorts, but at least a pair of shorts. And a short sleeve shirt. So, freshening myself up here. Hopefully it'll last five years. So that's why. And I picked the place in Beverly Hills because I saw, uh, it's for uh, Sheila Nazarian, and I saw her Netflix eight-episode six or eight episodes show, and uh, I liked her, and I liked uh, how she treated her clients. She goes after a more natural look, um, and I noticed around here in the Midwest the, nat the look for fillers and non-surgical procedures seems to be real puffy lips and real puffy face, and I just don't like that. However, that's why. That's my reasoning. And I already asked, uh, mentioned to Madeline, because she might be able to go, because you said you like Thanksgiving in Naples. Now I also have to mention it to Beatrice and Peter and Sammy. So I'm thinking maybe one of the five of you can take me. But you asked me first. I did ask you first because you have a flexible schedule. Not because you're my favorite. But why would you want to miss out on Thanksgiving in Florida to do this? Bottom line is I don't give a rip about Thanksgiving. Well, you're a mom of five kids now. You have to give a Well, I, you know... I have a little bit of a break because I don't have grandkids. You, no, you don't care about Thanksgiving because... I don't like the food. No, the last couple Thanksgivings, for well, not pretty much all the Thanksgivings, even at post-divorce, you, you have to see my father and you don't want to see him. Well, sometimes he behaves horribly on holidays and it stresses everybody out. And so I'd rather just not be there. And you have to confirm this. He can really misbehave. In a big way on holidays. Yeah, he can, but so can other people in the family. Uh, however, however, he's a 65-year-old man. You can't misbehave at that age. And you have to be a role model and a mentor. So, and also, I would rather do this. You know, missing Thanksgiving is not a big deal for me. So don't look at me like that. <laughs> God. Okay. Well, it's, you should have said probably that because I know this, they can't take you at, at all this year except that week. Probably because no one else goes on Thanksgiving. Well, and like I said, I don't want to miss any competitions, which you haven't mentioned that I am a competitive amateur dancer. You never mentioned that. Okay. I 
forgot. It's all about you. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. When I had my cantaloupe mess tumor on my seminal vesicle two years ago, did you think I had cancer, and did you think I could, I might die? Oh, you know what? As a mother, I, you know, I don't even go, uh, no, I, I can't even entertain the thoughts of my children dying. It made me cry right now. So, yes, it was very serious. Yes, it was very upsetting. And uh, probably the worst thing of that whole process was the staph infection you got. That was super, super scary. So, but after the biopsy, they were pretty sure even before the biopsy, they're pretty sure it was not cancerous. So, but still, to have a child sick or to lose a child, I can't imagine. Yeah, even before um, the great doctor I had who, who did the surgery, Dr. Egner, uh, thought it was a, he called it a wimpy tumor, and uh, it was a mix of liquid and solids, and, uh, um, you know, they just, they just don't know until they biopsy it, but uh, it, it came back totally um, benign. So I was lucky. Why, what, but you don't know, they just thought I was born with that or sometime it just mutated or I don't know what happened. It was really, really rare though. It went to the tumor board and everything. Well, yeah, it could be, maybe it started out congenitally, just had a little thing or something. And, uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Uh, I'm glad it's gone. I'm, I'm glad we're past that. Okay. Now, uh, I am going to a Lebanon very soon. I have mixed. Okay, I have mixed emotions. That's why we got to wrap up. I have mixed emotions about it uh, for the following reasons. Let's see. My sister B and I aren't on speaking terms anymore. Dad is a terrible traveler and doesn't even go to Europe, let alone the Middle East. Um, and the Four Seasons in Beirut isn't open because of the fertilizer explosion they had in 2020 that affected much of the city, if not all of the city. It was an enormous explosion from YouTube if you haven't seen it, Mom. Have you even heard of it? Mom doesn't watch the news. Watch she doesn't watch the news. Um, not to mention, <laughs> Lebanon is a level three reconsidered travel on the U.S. State Department website. There's only one level higher on that site, and it's do not travel to regions like Russia or Iran or Syria. Okay? So we'll see how that goes. Syria is borders Lebanon. Um, four, this, four family members. I have four loved ones going. My gosh, that's no, stressful. Don't love dad. You have three. Oh, for God's sakes. Um, let's see. Yes, yeah, so this might be my last podcast. Uh, no, 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 no. Do you think this is a good idea? Uh, well. No. Um, why is dad such a bad traveler? You know, he is just a home homeboy he is uh go homebody. homebody he is he's always been this way he also goes to bed early maybe not at five but probably at seven or eight he's always been an early riser he's never liked to be away from home uh business trips when you guys were young he would drive eight hours you know start at you know maybe 10 p.m drive eight hours get home he hated hotels he hates to be away from home he's always been this way he likes steady he likes the same thing he likes to work he likes to come home and eat dinner. Uh, he likes to socialize a little bit. Uh, and that's it. Simple guy. Hmm. Well, um, even with all that, I am prepared for this trip. We have a guide that leaves with us from Chicago, from here. And we have a guide once we land in Beirut. And our transfers to and from the airport in Beirut are in armored vehicles. Very good idea. 
This is a very good idea. I've also got an emergency response team, or what they call an ERT team, <laughs> near our hotel that'll be on 24 hours standby. No, you don't. For the entire time we're in the city. I'm also bringing a lot of cash. Dad is bringing a lot of cash. Uh, they take a lot of American. They take American money, I guess. Very no one listens in Lebanon. Don't worry. Uh, we have n- been told not to drink the water or any of the raw vegetables or tabbouleh, uh, basically anything raw. I'm bringing a crate of medication with me. If you follow Wag on Instagram, Chicago Pod, you'll see that. You know, just don't pull out big wads of cash. You'll probably get robbed. And tell the girls they got to cover up because not many. You know, they got to cover up. Yeah, 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 for sure. And you know, years ago, Dad and I went to Turkey. And we had a guide, and that was a great thing. But we did not oh, wait. He brushed it. He brushed his teeth the last day we're there. The day we're flying out, he brushed his teeth with the sink water and was already sick by the time we got to the airport. And then he was sick for like a month. It was bad. And he really he, all he did was brush his teeth the morning we left. That's what happened. See, so they're saying we're okay to brush our teeth with the sink water. I'm not going to, based on what you just said. But the guide part, a personal guide, is a great way to go. I don't know if they're officially guides, but they're people that live there and we know them. And right. Yes. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Yeah, take you to the more rural places, like not just the pop. No, no, they they're going. To, we're going to be too rural. I don't even want to go to the rural. I don't want to leave the hotel. Um. So I think we're pre- as prepared as we'll ever be. It's because that I'm going that we're so prepared uh, because those nitwits, uh, my dad and B and Madeline, uh, don't, uh, not Madeline less, but dad and B really, really don't have any experience. Now, the real question, Georgie, is are you a good traveler? Yes. I travel constantly. What are you talking about? Um, Although I really wish we were hitting another country on this journey, like Greece or the Amalfi Coast or the South of... Beatrice is going to Africa. She's going to Senegal. That's not what I'm talking about. B's going to Senegal to visit some... (laughs) Not Uganda. Be kidding me. She's going to Senegal to visit some guy that she's known for a decade, and she thinks they're going to be a boyfriend and girlfriend. And by the way, why is she visiting him and not... She's insane. And I'm, I've got a lot to say to her, but she never listens, so I'm not going to tell her anything. Um, yeah, you, you guys need, you guys don't really know what you're doing, you and Dad. We should be hitting the south of France, Amalfi Coast, Monaco. Dad doesn't know. All right, Dad doesn't know what he's doing, but we're going to hit that again. And I'll go without you people. I don't care. Um, I was going to go to Greece alone if I didn't have to go to Arizona the following week. I day I get back. Okay. All right. We fly. We got to wrap up here soon because I got to leave for the airport. We fly Lufthansa the whole way over and stop over in Germany. Uh, I think it's the two-decker plane. Uh, Here to Germany is, I think, eight hours, 20 minutes. And then from Germany to Lebanon, I think it's another six or seven. Um, Lebanon is eight hours ahead of central time. So it's quite a time change. Um, We're staying at the intercontinental Phoenicia on the Christian side. I guess that was important, get what our guides told us, right on the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, my biggest concern besides dying is if the hotel is good, um, is, is good because if, if it's not good, that's a lot of nights to stay in a bad hotel, and also dad will be a pill that whole time. Um, okay, my final question for you is, why is dad in, always in, in battle with himself about how he lives and what I think is he treats himself like he doesn't deserve anything good and he treats himself badly. I think any therapist would say, 
become this crazy successful guy, but then on the other hand, don't live your life in a way of where you earned it, things like that, and these homes and other things that, that you know, he can't run a household, he doesn't open his mail, he does goofy stuff, uh, you know, he's 66. What, what, is, what, was, what, what went wrong in his childhood to make him so odd in this way? Something that one of our biggest differences for him and I and one of our biggest forms of contention over the years. Well, you know, he was raised with uh, the motto, you get nothing and like it. And that's pretty much, that was the motto. You get nothing and like it, and that was it. So it doesn't matter how much money he has or anything. He's always going to want to live modestly. He's always going to live in a, you know, a smaller home. He's not ever going to build that 10,000 square foot house or that $10 million home. He's never going to do it. It's not him. He doesn't like it. Um, he's always admired his grandmother that immigrated from Lebanon and how they lived uh, in Michigan City and how they lived on the apartment on 10th Street. And those are all his best memories. They used to be able to take the train line from 10th Street to Long Beach where he was raised. And uh, those are just the best memories of his life. And then when they moved to Elkhart, I think for him, <clears throat> his dad was a golf pro and worked you know, 12, 15 hours a day, and um, George was the oldest, your dad was the oldest, like you, and uh, all he did was work, 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 you know, from the time he was probably 10. He had to be up early, get out to the course, you know, drive the range, whatever, or get the balls off the range, and uh, that's why, and always had to, hello, everybody, hello, Mr. This, hello, Mr. That, glant at everybody, and uh, that's just how he's raised. Like you work, you toil, 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 no reward. And um, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and of course he's done, as he, he's gotten a little better over the years, and we, you know he does do certain things for himself, uh, nice things, and we get to travel and you know hotels and stuff, but it, it does seem like there's a mental block. He's not a, he can't, right. And my biggest concern for dad is, you know, he's gonna be 66 in a week, I don't want him wasting his time in a factory parking lot the rest of his life, but that's my might be what he does. That's what he does. You know, and only because of people like me, his other kids, his sister Teresa, has his life gotten a little better. Um, but beyond that, I, I I don't know. It it's it's always it's a bizarre thing, and this is why in so many ways I can't relate to him because we're so different in that way. And I, my parent, you guys are divorced, and when you're on your own, I want the best for of you all the time for everything, um, and we're only now making a little progress with him, and I'm talking about a little progress, and he's going to be 70 in four years. Well, you know, I think that your dad, uh, you know, I questioned this when I met him, but uh, I was looking at the picture. I was looking at his family. Of course, he's a family man. Well, you know, he wasn't really a family man. He's more of a bachelor. He likes to come and go as he pleases. He's more than happy to support a household. He's more than happy to support uh, children, but he's not the one that's going to be at home and be a homebody. Or um, he likes to be active. No, you said he was a homebody. Well, he is a homebody, but during his active time of day, he likes to talk to people. He likes to see people. He talks on the phone all the time. That's his comfort zone. Yeah. Not sitting by yourself or... Right. Yeah. He doesn't want to be alone. Right. And I'm very happy. He and I are lucky in the way that neither one of us thought about children. I don't think he would... He said at one point when we were dating, I don't think I want children, but I didn't understand that. But I think we're both lucky that we do have children. 
and that we have all of you because we're both pretty intense people. We both have a lot of energy. We both like to be challenged and um, it's worked out for the best. And regardless of the time he spends with you or regardless if he's paying attention, he loves you guys, you know, uh, from the bottom of his heart, most than anything, best thing ever for him. Yeah, no, he's very loving. And as even as kids, I remember he would say, I love you all the time. And I know why he said it all the time, because he never got it. He's, my dad never did that, so I wanted to do it for my kids. And his way, truly, of showing love is financial. That is truly something that comes from his heart that he really wants to do and give. That's his love language. But where does that come from? His dad wasn't that way. Yeah, no, they always had plenty. No, Barb no. always had plenty. Okay, well, you're right. Why is dad so generous with strangers? Dad's probably the most generous person, not probably, he's the most generous person I've ever met. I think he's one of the most generous people in the world. I don't, I know a lot of people, you know, rich, poor, whatever, they don't, they don't give shit. It doesn't matter what you have. They're so cheap. Dad is so the other way. And, and again, I, there, there's 10 people like dad, I think, in the United States. I really believe, not 10 maybe, but 100. How, how did he become that? Well, he always admired uh, a guy from the um, golf course. He was so generous. He would come in and he would give everybody shirts. He would do all these things. And dad always admired that. Because there was also some real cheap guys that would give you a buck, you know? And he always admired that. And um, that's why he does it. And that is how he shows uh, love. And I also think he wants everybody to approve of him and like him. And that's why he gives strangers money. He can be a hero in their eyes when he feels like sometimes a failure in his personal life. Mm, yeah, that's deep. I didn't think about the golf course because him and all his brothers worked at Alcona, and they saw all these well, people that were successful, work. and they he right. saw people that were cheap, and then other people that were and not. Had Scott had to work, but then David was playing golf because he's a great golfer, and then Joey was kind of at the tail end. Right. So he wore, he was the oldest he worked, mm -hmm. and Scott he did too. From a young age. Yeah. And you know, I also think that the way he was treated by his father was uh, had a huge effect on him. You know, it's like you notice that he has this behavior sometimes where he's better to strangers than he is to his family. And I think that that is the example that he grew up with. Uh, his father was great to everybody, but he would come home stressed out and upset and be rude to his family. And I think that's where that trait comes from, for sure. That's not uncommon, though. Usually you hurt the people that are you're closest to. That, that's not an uncommon thing. It's not uncommon, but I also don't think as a mature adult or as any adult that you can use that as an excuse any longer to be rude to your family members. Right. Okay. Well, we'll move on from, from therapy for dad. Uh, so we got to, I really got to wrap up. The St. Regis, uh, Chicago, we just stayed there. This is my next hotel rating. This hotel opened in May. Mom's giving a thumbs down. She is a freaking. I had no proper can I, can coffee cup. Can I finish my show? Jesus. <laughs> Gosh, this is a disaster. We could never doing one mic again with you. Um, the building was a seven-year project. The main building construction, it's one of, by the way, one of the tallest buildings in Chicago. Uh, the main building construction took four years. Uh, then the hotel took another three years to open. They don't have a steam room or a hot tub, which are negatives for me. I, I love a steam room. They have a sauna, though. Uh, they have a pool. They only have one restaurant. They need at least two more restaurants. Um, 
Oh, stop it. People like, well, not for breakfast, but the rooftop bars at the Peninsula in Chicago and Four Seasons in Chicago blow blow it away. Um, they have plenty of elevators, so they get high marks there. That's, that's usually a, a mess up for a lot of these buildings. Um, very nice and friendly staff. They did forget bread with my salad and room service. They, for, they didn't bring ice for my Diet Coke, and they forgot butter between mom and I three separate times. Uh, and when you're done with your room service cart, there's a button you push and they'll come get it. I've never seen that technology before. I've seen that before, but you have to say, George, I had major things. The TV didn't stream. It also, the guide didn't show the name of the show. It just showed uh, the, the number of the channel, two big things, and they couldn't, re they couldn't fix it. I had to leave. A, they said, you can have a new room. Wait, I didn't have a proper size coffee cup, only espresso cups. And when I made the coffee from the machine, it overflowed. You can't have that. And I had no water in my room. Mm. I had water in my room and the TV thing they gave you 50 bucks back and then I told them your, your room when you put it on cold it was hot hot was cold so they gave me 20,000 Marriott points I got 10,000 Marriott points too I got, also got 10,000 Marriott points do you have a Marriott member? it was all under my name though I don't know why because okay. I whatever the travel agent of the family. No, I'm not. We have a travel agent. Maybe that's your increased income. No, no. She's a real, she's an actual travel agent. Um, I hire experts. I'm not an expert. And somebody listening who I'm not speaking to should take that advice. Um, okay. I love the scent they pump into the St. Regis. It's not overpowering at all, but it reminds you you're at the St. Regis. Really love that. I just don't, wouldn't go back. Wouldn't go back. Yeah, fuck off. You, what are you What are you? You wouldn't go back to that hotel. Mom, to fuck off. <laughs> why would you are ass. so high maintenance? It's an insane. You wonder why I am the way I am. You ruined me. You and uh, you and that. Sorry, yeah. Okay. 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 Fuck you, mom. No, no, I'm just kidding. I might fart on the phone. <laughs> what? No, no, I don't. Not fuck you. I love you. Oh, I could. Okay, you're you're getting kind of goofy. Thank God this is wrapping up. Um. Okay, let me get my official rating. St. Regis' uh, service was an 8. Food was a 9. Uh, I thought... You get two high ratings. Nobody ever gets a 3 or 4 or anything. No, they don't. Uh, building setting design, 8. Guest to staff ratio, 9. Room rating, 8.5. Overall score, 8.5. It's a brand new property. It's going to get high ratings from me. Deal with it. The lobby was not very luxurious. Okay. Well... You, when people go to that hotel, they're going to see just how out of touch you really are. Uh, where have we been eating this week? Real short. Pages and Hinsdale. Portillo's. Uh, I don't know why, but that Portillo's, some of those chili cheese hot dogs are amazing. Gibson's uh, and Uptown Kitchen and Granger. Uh, Songs of the Week. Uh, this one's for you, Mom. Mrs. Potato Head by Melody Martinez. That's about plastic surgery. The Color Violet by Tori Lanez. And Oh You Went by Young Thug and Drake. Oh, you went top off. Oh, you went Flintstones. Oh, you took the little roller off. Oh, you went Bitstones.
Remember to listen to any of these songs that were featured today or to find any that have been played on WAG. Just search WAG songs on Spotify for the show's playlist. Every time I release an episode, that playlist is updated by me. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to The World According to George. Available anywhere you find podcasts. Remember to follow Chicago underscore pod on Instagram and DM me anything that's on your mind, whether that be relationship problems, restaurant picks, or you just want me to visit a new hotel and review it on the pod. See you next time right here. Thank you, Mom, for doing this. Thank you, Georgie, for inviting me. You can say goodbye now. Okay, goodbye. It was a pleasure. Have a great week. We better do it again. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Uh, wish me luck on my travels. Godspeed. Pleasure. Subscribe to WAG now and find out what George will sound off about next. New episodes drop every other Thursday anywhere podcasts are available.